Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slamfire Radio for August 20th, 2020. This is episode 368, and I am your one of your hosts, Trevor. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. I'm another one of your hosts, Adriel. You almost sounded like an auctioneer there. Pretty close. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Phil would be proud. Hmm. No. So, would you say no? No. I don't think he'd be proud. I don't no. think he'd be proud either. No, no, he would find a way to ridicule, no doubt. <laughs> you know, he, for somebody who talks really fast on a lot, he says a lot of nothing, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will get a message about that, and that's okay. <clears throat> and it's okay. All right. Well, speaking of things that are okay, let's get into what we did this week in guns, which is brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. This week, they have Smith brand shooting glasses. So if you're tired of uh, neglecting your eyesight and would like to protect it, you should look at these because they are, you know, the whole ballistics plastic thing. They wrap around, protect the side of your eyes. Yes, you can get away with using your two regular eyeglasses at a gun range. I've never been to a range anywhere in Canada that said, no, you can't wear your eyeglasses. You have to wear actual shooting glasses. So I did wear my actual eyeglasses for many, many years. But after taking, you know, slag off of steel to the face a few times, I'm like, ah, hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe there's something well, to this. We, yeah. Adrian and I talked about this recently. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea to get them, but I still it wear is. my same glasses. I, I, it really side shields, on... maybe? Would you wear side shields? Because like the I gap, the gap is where you could get yeah, like a piece right. of frag in from the side yep. that like smoked you in the eyeball. Mine mm-hmm. came in through here, up underneath. If it the bounces of my off hat. your hat, that that's probably okay. But if it comes screaming in from the side and gets a direct hit on your eyeball. You're done. Mm, mine yeah. was si- so I had a magnum sitting right there, yep. twenty-two magnum right there. So I finished the string of fire. I then took the casing, peeled it off, peeled it off, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I gave it to. Scars. I, I'm a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean a chick won't find. And, I, and I walked around work for like a week and a half, and everybody's going, telling everyone you walked into a door. That's good. Yeah, you I actually trained. did that because of course you did. <laughs> He said, well, I got into a little bit of an accident. I kind of walked into a door. Like, I work in a prison. I'm not saying, well, I was shooting things. And... No. Mm. Anyways. Wow. So buy some safety glasses from the Calgary Shooting Center. Protect your eyeballs. Yeah. All right. Adriel, what did you do this week in guns? Oh, I did a bunch of stuff. Uh, well, why don't you tell us about it? Oh, right, let me go to speaker <sighs> view and then pin my video. There we go. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Ladies' Day on Saturday. 
I think it was on Yay! Saturday. Yeah. Sorry, I said that really loud. But we you guys had, had uh, how many did you have? Every day was, is ladies' day for Adriel. Yeah, I was surrounded by ladies. Uh, 94. <laughs> 94 attendees, which is a lot. I thought, I thought it was 97. <laughs> uh, maybe it's 97. I, 97. Yeah, I only yeah. pay attention this much, and it was a lot. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of people. A lot of people to run through, but uh, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. You know, I think people are just like bored at home and it's like hey you want to go to the shooting range and shoot some guns they're like yes <laughs> get me out of this house let's do some stuff so uh yeah super well, busy super good time 97 ladies yes it was well advertised mm-hmm. yeah and we so. had the uh, uh core from last year like i recognized a lot of yep. people from last year as well which was good and a lot of those people from last year well it's kind of like we do things like in groups right and so I tell two friends, they Mm -hmm. tell two friends, and it's kind of like that Breck commercial from the 1970s. Yes, I'm old. Yeah, lots of... uh, (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, (laughs) yes, that that bread commercial from the 70s. No, Breck. It's shampoo, but Breck. Breck shampoo, never mind. Oh, you should have let it go, Adriel. (laughs) You got to learn when to let go. Um, Kelly says she's old. You just put it in the win category, (laughs) check the box, and move on. (laughs) Yeah, I should have. Let's see. So things things that I saw. Um, so I brought a, a couple of different uh, twenty two rifles out there. I brought my Winchester Wildcat. Ran great. Ran great the whole day. Uh, it. A lot of ladies really liked it because it was so light and because yeah. the irons on it. I would like roughly describe how to use the irons. I'm like, here's a picture. There's a circle. There's a post. Put the target on the post there, and they all did it just fine. They didn't need any other instruction. It was just no. natural. They just picked it up yes. and started shooting it. Yeah. Well, None of this surprises you. That actually happens because iron, I naturally wants to do that anyways. We're yep. looking through the yep. center of that little peep site, right? And so, they all did great on front it. Post. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that one was a favorite. I've, and then I've been seeing a lot of those on the line, by the way. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. Have, the, how have, the, have you been seeing them on the line? Because uh, th- that Winchester ran with no jams all day. It doesn't like loading from the Ruger mags. Like the Ruger mags are very hard to get into it, whereas the Winchester yeah. mags work just fine. And re- and uh, actually extract them as well. It's a little harder to do that. Uh, there was a little bit of difficulty. I saw the last one, there was a kid that was about 16 years old. He was having mm-hmm. difficulty with that. Hmm. Um, but I think part of it was his... Anyways, we will move on. We won't talk yeah. about that. Um, there, there were, <laughs> there's reasons. Um, and then we also had another uh, lady who was using it, and she was using the beep sites, and she found it was okay. Uh, she struggled with her vision, though. She actually oh, yeah. had yeah. she had vision problems with her eyes. So I said she was doing actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she, I just gave her my rifle and said here, and she did much better. The other advantage to that was, I, uh, some people would pick a scope rifle. They'd pick it up and they'd be like, "I can't, I can't see it. through the optic." And and after thirty seconds or so of futzing around, it's like, "Take that! Let's give you this guy." And then then it, there's no issues. <laughs> Everyone can see through the peep. There's no eye relief that you need to do or anything like that. They all figured that out very quickly. So yeah, uh, that was very good. And the rest of the guns were a ten twenty two. They all ran fine and so then straightforward. Um. We have established, in your welcome world, peeps for beginners. Start people off on peeps. Every well, time you had a problem with somebody, yeah. you gave them a peep and it was fine. If I had Kelly, a red dot. Kelly 30 seconds ago dot. was saying, well, we naturally look through it. And then when I say we start beginners on peeps, she goes, well, actually, no. No, don't no, do that. You don't. 
we kind of want to set them up for success for like right for for the one minute of patience that i have um can they they actually hit where they're supposed to be hitting though that uh a little bit more debatable i mean for 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 one minute to like bang off 10 rounds at a a lady's day where you've got to go through like okay so so getting them on a peep is just to make getting them on a peep is to make your life as an instructor easier not to set them up for success uh, well, both because if they were just on the scope, it would have it would take for some some of them had vision it, problems or um, dominance, do, eye dominance problems. I would try like oh, I'm just gonna like, p- cover your eye and see if that works, and uh, that worked for some people. Oh, but for by some the way, people, you, mm-hmm. you had a hundred ladies. Uh-huh. Do you know how many of them were cross eye dominant? A lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah. I would say almost half of them, right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah. So anyways, the the peep was really good for get on, see mm-hmm. what you need to see, and shoot a target. And I, and I think that was uh, uh, that that part was really good. The part I was trying to show at that station was more like uh, positional shooting while standing. So like getting your you know blading ninety degrees to the target, getting your hand underneath, getting that flat platform hand, and that was basically it. Because again, a hundred ladies, so I needed right. to uh, move did you, through. Did you kick out your hip and just do? A little bit. I try it for some yeah. people. I'd be like, you know, I guarantee there. Yeah. there were hips kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's kicking out. Some yes. There was duck duck lips too for the selfies. Yeah. <laughs> there were some selfies. Uh, I actually saw one uh, uh, one youth shooter get on, and as she was firing, she was like very purposeful. Fire the fire the fire it. Hold the trigger back. Slowly let it go. Click. I'm like cadets. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. You can't pull that on my line. I know that. I know that's training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else I do? Uh, so that was that station. I brought my WSMCR and I put that on the line <laughs> and they that? ran that. Uh, and yes. Adriel, tell us how that was. How was that? Uh, parts. Of, so for the it was ladies. good while they were it using fun. it. It was uh-huh. fine. It was fine. Yeah. It broke now, shit. Uh, well, good because I'd rather they break it on their time uh, rather than I break it on during a match. So uh, yeah, the stock, the stock broke. It's got like a, a little pin in there that what? fell out. Your Chinesium stock ma- Magpul knockoff broke. The one that they yeah included with the rifle. Yeah, that one didn't. What? Work. So that broke. Um, the uh, castle nut started to loosen off. Uh, so they like hand tightened it, but you know how that goes. Uh, that doesn't work really well, especially since like there's not really if you run a carbine stock on one of these, not there's not really much holding that end plate in, so that can get that can wobble quite a bit. Um, so I have uh, tightened it and staked it now. What and... you staked it? Yeah, why not? It's super easy to do. You, you tighten why it down. Why not? Not. And then you crank it. They should that. all be staked yeah. so that what happens doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page here. Yeah, uh, and then I'm just the, more sarcastic uh, than you, and you're having a hard time to tell. No, I can tell. I can tell. I'm oh, going for it. I'm going for it. <laughs> okay. And then the uh, roll pin uh, failed. Uh, for me, although the ladies had were fine. They fired 300 rounds through it. They were fine. I tried to shoot 20 rounds through it to like sight in the optics so I could shoot three gun with it, and. Uh, Firing pin, I'm willing like, to bet the they back. planted the seed of destruction for the roll roll pin. I don't they know why they the did damage. that. I don't know why right. that. I don't know why that roll you. pin. Oh, sorry. Uh, I know why the ladies did it. Yes, they hate me. But I don't yeah. know why the manufacturer <laughs> put the roll pin in there because it takes a regular pin. Like I don't know if you can see that there, but I have a regular AR pin in there right now. It's in the spot it's supposed so, to be. It's solid. So right now. You're retaining your firing pin with the same pin 
that a firing pin is retained in a regular AR-15 bolt carrier group? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Shake your head now. So why, <laughs> Kelly? They're just kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, your question was, why didn't they use that pin in the first place? My only guess is that the uh, air parts can't come into Canada right now. That's and what there I was, was a shortage of them. That's my only guess. It's not mm. an appropriate part to put in there. I they're hollow. They're hollow. You batter them a little bit, and they squish down. Squish. It's not, they crush. Yeah, crush, crush. yeah, you crush it. It's a crush. It's a crush pin, not a roll pin. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, the firing pin's gonna nail that thing. So you need like a solid piece of metal, either a solid pin, or I've just got a split pin in there right now, which is again the same thing you'd find on an AR. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it was fine. I found out a couple other things when I was doing my review of this thing. So my, my video review, I tried putting a couple triggers in it. Uh, I think the safety is drilled in the wrong spot because... Uh, what happened when you put the new trigger in, Adriel? Well, I'll just show you this here. This <laughs> oh, is this is with my component trigger in here. This oh, is okay. the one that I'm keeping in here. Yeah. Uh, I just confirmed. Chamber's empty. You fire. You shouldn't be able to put the safety on after you fired because the trigger's in a different spot, right? Uh, so that was like clue number one that something was wrong. And then actually when we were recording the main topic uh, on Tuesday there, I put a different trigger in. There's a finer trigger. There's not a lot of movement there at the back. And uh, with safety on, it would still fire. So that's why I think this safety, like the hole for it, is either that's in the wrong spot or these trigger pins are in the wrong spot. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't be able to, the safety should do fire something. It. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> Ideally. Did, did it come with a mil-spec AR-15 trigger group? Yes. And with that, it would it w- ran fine. It would still allow you to push the safety forward on a fired, like when the hammer was forward. Okay, so any warning as to, you know, don't muck around, don't change the trigger? There's no instruction manual. It's, it's a, in a box with two mags. Okay. There's no manual. See, in, in fairness to Freedom Ordnance, when they put out the um, FX9, it looks like an air trigger group, but it's not really an air trigger group. And they tell you, don't go sticking air trigger groups in this thing because you can mm. run into problems. So... If you sell a gun and it's assumed that it has an air trigger group in it and people immediately upgrade the trigger on the rifles only to turn around and have certain trigger groups safeties fail, that's a problem. Who's who's liable when an accident happens in that case? Uh, well, you it, modified the gun, so yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think the manufacturer would take liability if they that did that. It does say it does say trigger type air fifteen on this. It does. Okay, so yeah. there you go. Okay, yeah, I modified the gun, but I mean, ARs are Lego for adults. That's what we do. We customize them. I mean, I changed the rims on my car. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal, so what? It shouldn't be. And it's not like I tried to stick an AK group in there, you know what I mean? It didn't modify the gun. I simply swapped out some parts. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Anyways, I've got my Rock River Arms National Match two-stage trigger in there right now, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. a four-pounder. It's all right. It's not as nice as my other ones, but it's okay. Um, I would re- really recommend like a, a bolt hold open uh, lever because if you get a double feed, you won't be able to fix it. And 
I don't know. I mean, like some people were asking about the forearm. They're like, "That what kind of forearms you could put on that? That's a proprietary, like right?" And it's like, "No, that's a this is a uh, some Chineseium forearm. You just need like a lot of room right here, so you can't have one that's real tight around the gas block and needs a low profile gas block. You need a." Uh, one that's got a little bit more room at the top there because the gas block does have to run a piston in it and it's bigger than a regular AR-15 gas block. And then I put a different stock on there. I put an MOE fixed on there because mm-hmm. I like them. I like those stocks. Nice and solid. Uh, if you want a longer version of that on my YouTube channel, I've got a, the review on the WSMCR and the mods to it. Uh, I've got a maple seed this weekend at Provost. Provost is where that's at. So, Did you have to think about it? Uh, yes. I wanted to say Tabor, but it's like, no, I'm not going to Tabor. That's yeah. way too far. I'm going to Provost. <laughs> yeah, it's only three hours. That's not so bad. Yeah, uh, yeah that'll be cool. Go uh, go tent out there and, and then do a maple seed and head on back. Uh, and then I was looking at my safety glasses and like, man, these are all dirty. So I cleaned them all. And it's like, they're dirty and they're scratched to get to hell. <laughs> so it's time to get some more some more uh, safety glasses. So I ordered some uh, some cheapies. Uh, these are just $10 ones off of Amazon, but I don't know if you can see, but they, there's quite a, a, a gap between my head and the, uh, and the glasses. And what that does when you wear those and you wear like t- tight headphones is that you either don't get a seal or if they're very thick, they kind of push into your temples. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I mean, uh, those, I, I, if you're going to run earplugs, these are fine. Uh, I got some blue tinted ones. And these are a little bit closer. The only reason I got them in blue was because that's what they had on sale. Uh, but these are a lot closer to my head. And then I saw some Smith uh, shooting glasses. I was really looking for one that had a really super thin uh, arm right, right where your temple is. Mm. And these Smith ones are mm. as thin as you can get. Look at that. And like, why is that important, Adriel? Because that's where your headphones or your electronic ear protection is going to hit yep. on your head. So if you're going to wear uh, headphones all day, like at a maple seat or something like that, these won't push into your skull as much. They just kind of sit right on that thin piece of the uh, yep. of the arm. And even even if you've got nice gel cups, man, if you've got the wrong glasses on, it pushes in the side of your head and can even give you a headache after a while. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it so for you the other glasses we were talking about this as well. The other glasses, um, they the sound you could hear th- other things. Whereas with these glasses, you're not able to better seal. Have a good seal. Yeah. So yeah, you're able not able to hear other things. Yeah. Than- yeah. So it should give me a better seal. And uh, these Smith ones, by the way, Calgary Shooting Center has Smith ones. I got these before I saw the sale at Calgary Shooting Center, though. Uh, 9-11 Supply had them. I'm like, oh, I'll get those. But then next day I look and Calgary Shooting Center has them. Uh, these, come you, with, these come with these uh, come with a clear and then they also come with a tinted uh, uh, polarized one, uh, Ooh, which is kind of nice. nice. Because yeah. Yeah, Do you like yellow? I do like yellow sun, like shooting yeah. glasses, though, because the, the nice thing about those yellow ones is that they block a lot of that blue. They're just easier on yep. the eyes. These are, these are nice, in- too. I'm going to get a new set and I'm going to get yellow. Um, <laughs> I started to ye- wear yellow safety glasses while on the driver's stand because it really makes my car pop on the track and I have no problem following it around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the yellow ones are nice for just a little bit of reduction on the brightness. 
Uh, these are quite bright. I don't really like that these make it look like I have a unibrow, but... Uh, but you do, so that's but, okay. But I do. Raise yeah, the brow. But yeah. the brows isn't going to go down there, though. No. No, because yeah, it's pretty tight on the top there, and it's pretty tight down here as well. They look, like, they look like pretty good. The other ones make you look like you should be singing Barbie Girl from All 1990. Yeah. I'm a Barbie Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. geez, it's Bono. <laughs> no, it's Worse you too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put the other ones on. The cheap uh, ones. The first know. ones, the $10 Wait. ones. Uh, all right. Not that I don't have a bunch of pairs of other stuff. Elvis Costello right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the other thing, I mean, if, if you're looking for safety glasses, the other thing to really get, uh, get ones that are fo- uh, anti-fog. Uh, yeah. Because uh, put a maple, on maple seed, you're going to get down on your rifle and it's going to fog up. Three gun, if it's raining and you're going to shoot, you're going to be breathing heavy and they're going to fog up at, at the exact wrong time. Uh, so that's like minimum. Uh, as soon as I went from regular shooting glasses to ones with uh, anti-fog on them. I was like, holy crap. I don't I never have to worry about fog again. So, yeah, that's all I look for now. Uh, and thickness of the armature because that is that's really nice when, you're, when your ear so cup sits on top of that. The first pair of glasses that you had, the ones with that make you look like Elvis Costello, yep. were $10. Yes. The blue pair, ones with the blue lenses, how, many, how much 15 was that? 15 bucks. Yeah, okay, 15 said so the Smith ones. 90. But these are like much nicer yeah. glasses, right? Like those other ones are like crappy, uh, I think Honeywell Uvex or something like that, which are f- like, they're fine for like throwaway. Like the, the ones I had, I've, I've had them for about a year. I do a lot of shooting and they're scratched up. And so be it. I'll throw them out. But these ones, I'm hoping they last a little bit longer. They have like a band you can put around your head if you want to look like a nerd. And they got some <laughs> stickers and some anti-fog cloth. Oh, that's interesting. So it's it's the same mm. cloth that you'd get if you buy regular glasses. It cleans them so it won't scratch. Doesn't but it doesn't have, like have the stuff on it. It's embedded with something, yeah. It, it's yeah. embedded with the antifog, yeah. Because... Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I'll throw, out, I'll throw out the nerd strap because I don't need that on the back of my uh, glasses to keep them from falling off. Give but... them to the kids. Let them wear them to school. <laughs> Okay, I, don't so want my kids, I, I don't want my kids to get beaten up. But uh. <laughs> If I'm going to wear shooting glasses on the driver's stand with the other nerds, I should have a nerd strap on my Oh, my God, glasses. yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then... Uh, and you're living in your basement, it looks like, so you're all set. <laughs> yeah, well, I was doing stuff with things, yeah. and uh, I forgot what time it was. Yeah. And so then... Uh, easier. That's 783. Uh, I tried relieving the Did stock. Did it yet? Um... A little bit, and I haven't even shot it yet. Nah. Uh, the the reason why is uh, that stock was not even close to to free floated, so I free floated it. I, I sanded the inside of it, and it Wait, wasn't even the stock, close. The stock on the rifle that was advertised as free floated uh-huh. wasn't close to being free. Not even in this century. No, nope, not even. And close. Tell us again who makes this gun. This is made by. <laughs> oh, it's a little known. Uh, Manufacturer Rust, Rustington, Rustington, Rustington. Yes, yes, right. yeah. yeah. Chapter eleven to ten. It was cheap. It was cheap. <laughs> so am I, but I mean, I come as advertised. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, never this, on time. Uh, this didn't. So um, I tried shimming the front action screw to get the barrel up and out of the uh, uh, channel so that it, it would free float it. It helped, but. The stupid heavy barrel on this rifle, that the stock is like a, a wet noodle. 
and that heavy barrel on top is enough to just merp, make the stock bend into it, and it still wasn't free-floated. So I'm like, nope, nope. I put a wanted-to-buy on CGN and wanted to buy, like, Rem 783 stock, something stiff. And, like, two days later, some guy's like, hey, I just, uh, my wife, my wife's rifle came with this super heavy stock, and, uh, uh, I want to swap it. I, I want to sell it. So I got this, uh, Boyd's stock. This is their Ooh. Pro Varmint or their Tactical one. I can't remember. Pro Varmint. Yeah. It's stiff there, and it's got a huge barrel channel in there, too. And, and it doesn't Boyd's, move. And it's awesome. Yeah. It is heavy though. This is this is yeah, now wow. a, this this was a heavy barrel seventy three and it's a heavy barrel seventy three with a heavy stock on it now. Yeah. But yeah. at least it's not gonna go. And it's not gonna <laughs> touch like the problem is like I it's it's at six five Creedmoor. I would like to shoot some long range with it. That'd be neat. Uh can't do it if the barrel is touching the stupid stock and uh won't give me any consistency. So Well it's well on its way now. Yes, yeah, it's on its way now. Uh, I've got a 6-24 Citron on top there. Perfect. I have the uh, Z-rings with a minus 10 and a plus 10 on the other side. Also or perfect. The other way around. So I'm getting MOA. 20 yeah. MOA out of that. And That's this cool. thing will also do 80 or 90 MOA uh, in elevation. So I should be able to get out pretty far with this thing, uh, if again, if, if I want to. Um, I opted to take off my crazy flash hider on the front there because I'm going to hunt with this this year, so I don't want it to do that. And uh, other than that, put a cheek rest on it because even with that uh, higher comb there, I still wasn't seeing through this through the uh, uh, scope. When I was I was no. I was thinking about uh, stocks uh, on my way back from uh, picking up this stock. Um, it's really a shame that there aren't more stocks out there that have add-on like clip-on things that go on the top like they do at the back because mm-hmm. the thing is right now all stocks are designed for iron the sights. person with the fattest face shooting <laughs> iron sights yep and you, you can't you like... can't go any higher than that because then like then they just can't use the rifle at all right Whereas yep. everyone can put a cheek rest on, you're not going to have people like carving out the stock. But it's so stupid because even some iron sight rifles that I get, I put my face up to it and I'm still low on it, just just with a proper cheek rest. So um, I I think that more manufacturers should either have an adjustable comb with the two Allen keys on the side and you can move it up and down or some sort of cheap clip-on system with plastic like <laughs> clamshell, click it on top kind of a thing because... Uh, if you think of how many hunting rifles out there are, there are out there. Yeah. Uh, how many of them have proper cheek rests, and how how many of them have proper like rests for your face, where you're where you're on your cheek and not your chin? Probably like five percent of them. Mm-hmm. It's probably yeah. abysmally low. And yeah. uh, anyways, if there are any manufacturers listening, that's a problem to solve. Figure that out. Yep. Get that on there. Yep. So uh, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure out which 180 I'm gonna run at uh, competition. So what I really need to do is get out to a range and shoot that WSMCR times three, four hundred rounds. Uh, make sure my reliability is there. Make sure this this thing's sighted in really well, um, and that it runs with the mags I've got, and uh, and make sure that I'm ready for uh, the next three gun match because my three gun match in September is that big one, and it's coming up quick. I don't think yeah, I'll actually, I won't have any weekends in between then and now. I'm going to have to head out to the range during a weekday and sight it in or something. I don't know. Anyways, that was, up to, that was what I was up to this week. 
Cool. How about you, Kelly? I did a bunch of stuff. I went to SFRC on Saturday because I haven't been there in like a month and a half. Withdrawal. Hmm. Um, no, it's only been about a month um, because of Maple Seeds. I've been, I've been doing um, a lot of weekends away. Anyways, uh, so when I, I didn't really pick up anything. I had to look around the store. They got a whole bunch of stuff in for hunting, but I wasn't able to pick anything up. I did get a, supply, a resupply of uh, 28 gauge though. So uh, what else? Replacing. Um, oh yeah. Spent a lot of time in the maple seed trailer and it took out a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from last year. We didn't actually replace. We generally replace at the beginning of the year, but we were up full speed ahead. And so I spent part of the weekend just taking stuff out, getting rid of stuff and just replacing. Uh, and then also replacing some of the stuff for other regions too. So I'm going to be um, sending some stuff out to Mr. Gallon and that. And then I also, uh, because I've been so busy, uh, I had to send out a few things and I forgot to send them out. So I took the time to send out um well, it was the rifles, a couple of rifles. So I sent those out to uh, loaner rifles. I sent them out as well. I just sent out a whole bunch of stuff in the mail. So um, I was able to take some time and do that. Ontario Hunters Education did a couple more chapters of that. And um, I'm pretty much almost done it. So I'm going to take the quiz. And then I will write the exam here. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Wednesday night. Uh, so yesterday normal wednesday night it's my skeet night with kelly so so we went out and um yeah i best one yeah i think i did 20 out of 25 uh clays both of those and great time that's and pretty darn good kill it's it's a stress reliever i said to kelly i said okay yeah when we go you need to say something to piss me off <laughs> right kelly <laughs> what what am i if you I need to get upset before Skeet, call me. Like, I'm here for you, Kelly. I know. <laughs> I hey, will Trevor. be more, more than happy hey, to put Trevor. you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. So I'm shooting Skeet. much better when I'm a little ticked off. So, and so she said Listen, that time. Anytime. Okay. It's, I know I can count on you. A hundred percent. I got yeah. you back. So. Uh, 20 out of 25. So it was the best one yet. And so that's your personal best. That's good. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I'm going to go on Sunday with my part of the girls from um, my tribe. Uh, we're going to go shooting because we don't get to do a lot of shooting ourselves. Okay. Yeah. I do skate nights on Wednesday, but pistol and, and rifle still not doing a lot of it because we're doing maple seeds on the weekend. So on Sunday, I am going to go and shoot and we're going to work on some pistol drills and maybe I'll even shoot this month's target as well. So challenge target for maple seeds. I'm looking forward to that. Renewed one of my range memberships. So I got that in the mail and it's due in October, end of October, but they want them now. So, and they're not taking memberships or they're not, actually opening up the membership list so to anybody this year first time ever so i renewed that and also making lots and lots and lots of calls i'm spending a lot of time on the phone right now with people for maple seeds with uh stuff for the ccfr the gonna girl calendar and all that so it just but it's lots of fun and i'm hoping probably by november things settle down a bit but right now, it's really fun. 
I don't want things to That's settle it. down yet. No. We just got started. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. We got started late. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's about it. What about you, Trevor? Um, I went down to Fredericton for the weekend to see the boys and uh, stay with Filthy. Um, we got to the range super duper early on Sunday morning to sight in both our red dots um filthy replaced his well i put it on for him the night before anyway at some point during the weekend we replaced the loophole red dot on filthy's glock he uh, also shoots production optics with me and as i talked about last week i had to change the battery in my optic and it, it was the battery for sure made a huge difference but um one of the stages i didn't have it turned up quite high enough but anyway so adriel was right there was like literally two clicks it was all i had to do the like i would have had absolutely no problem shooting the entire match without having even verified it so it's good to know that it's that close when i put it back on it was shooting a little bit to i can't remember right or left and just literally two clicks and it's good to go but that's not the cool thing the cool thing was filthy's gun Took the optic straight from the package, put it on filthy slide, locked it down, went to the range, and immediately from about 12 yards was piling them into a one-inch group. Point of aim, point of impact were identical. (laughs) I've never had that happen (laughs) with any aiming device on anything, bow, gun, doesn't matter. Right from the box to perfectly zeroed. I'd never seen anything like it. It was pretty freaky, and I completely forgot about it until just now. So, and then um, we went and shot a really fun match. Like Justin and the boys at Filthy's Club have got their Ipsic game buttoned up tight. They do multiple start times, and they got two bays, ten stages, five stages per bay, two squads at a time. You shoot your bay. Then you go over to the next bay and switch with them and then shoot that bay and then get in your truck and go home. It's so freaking awesome. I started at 8.30 and by 12.30, I was already on my way back home. Oh, I'm so having jelly. Shot that sounds so good. 10 stages, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's so good. Um, Did they me, have like not, resetters? Like who, who's doing the resetting for us, everyone man. else? It's your really? squad. Yeah. Holy, that's fast. Yeah, yeah. The other squad had a few more people than us, so they were. We when we got to um, the second bay, I believe they had just finished or just started their third shooter on their last stage. So we had to kill. I don't know, fifteen twenty minutes. It didn't matter. It went by fast. You're hanging out with your friends. It was nice weather. Like it was like so not a thing. Um, I think like the afternoon squad may have started somewhere like thirty minutes. Maybe, or maybe we made that time up. I can't remember, but I mean, there's no complaints when you start at, you know, rounds down range at eight 30 and you're in your truck going home at 12 30, you shot 10 stages, like giddy up. And there were good yeah. stages, good stages too. Um, I started off rough stage. Number one, eight rounds. I felt the need to do a mag change in between both in between going from one position to the other. So that's super case, duper yeah. dumb. And then um, the strong hand stage, I decided it would be a good idea to shoot it with two hands, Kelly. It was fantastic. Mm. And um, 
Justin was like, get the jazz hands ready. I was like, well, what are you talking about jazz hands? So sure enough, I'm shooting. You see in the videos going one, two, three, da, 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 jazz hands, all the procedurals. Yeah. So I zeroed that stage. That was super duper fun. I still won. Oh, you were division. that. You were the shooter on that video. Yeah, you didn't know oh, that. No, I I I was too intent on trying was to figure the guy out what in the was video going on. Too skinny, like yeah. you couldn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah. My ass did look phenomenal in those shorts. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Oh God! You said so yourself. Stop it. <laughs> um, what else? That was it. Really? No. Oh, there. Yeah, there was one stage I was like super happy with. The rest were just like, okay, I survived. Um. I won, but I think I only won because um, Eve's gun, he had a malfunction or something broke or whatever. He had a, a trigger group problem, and that cost him maybe on a big stage. Ah. So, yeah, it sucks. You don't want to win that way. But uh, fourth overall, maybe. But it's not a thing unless you win it, so it doesn't matter. And it's not so. a thing if you win it and you're shooting open. Then it doesn't right. matter. Then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're PCC and you win overall, it matters to the open guys. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> they get all ipsic butthurt. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into upcoming events, which is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help. They help them with business processes? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I haven't read this a hundred times. They help them with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchants, processors, and social media. Their mission statement, empower, and enable our client clients to grow, thrive, and ascend to their maximum contribution to the firearms industry. Underscores everything they do. They are firearms enthusiasts and understand firearms culture. They hold open webinars to help any firearms business get the edge and succeed and are involved in the industry at all levels. They're committed to success and grow and growth of the firearms community, culture, and lifestyle in Canada and the United States. You can learn more by going to telosalpha.com. So we have Maple Seed at Provost, August 22nd. Drumheller, September 3rd. Regina, September 10th. Bonneville, oh, I miss Bonneville, September 26th, and the BTSA on October 3rd. Kelly, where's the, um, or Adriel, whoever, mm -hmm. how do people sign up for these? They can go to our website, mapleseedrifleman.com, and go and sign up there. All the ones that you just read are the ones that still have um, spaces available. I was mm -hmm. checking them as you were reading through uh, Tila Softball. Mm -hmm. And there's other ones there as well, but those ones are sold out. We'll be adding more throughout the year as we're getting confirmation Ontario events notice there's none in Ontario we are reaching out to Ontario um, or Ontario ranges so we that uh, Drumheller one is uh, only members right now it'll be open to the regular public in a yeah. few days a few days okay that's the reason I will remove that or well it doesn't really that's matter. fine we'll, people know it's coming up it'll yeah. be open moral next, next week September 3rd is when moral it's going to be what the moral of the story, Kitty Cats, is keep an eye on the Maple Seed Project Maple Seed website. Yep. Yeah. You can sign up for emails, notification. Oh, so excellent. There once, you go. Once it's released to the public, you'll get the email notification. Hey, quick tip. If you are a Project but Maple Seed. But just the tip. Yeah. <laughs> if you are a Project Maple Seed member, that means that you went in onto our website and you bought a membership, you get first dibs. 
What? Membership has its privileges. I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah. That's why you become a member, kids. Yeah. All right. And if you want to get your ORPS game on, the Rescuers Gun Club has one on Saturday, August 22nd. Uh, go to practice court for that. Miramichi has an outlaw room fire precision match as well on August 29th. Again, practice score. Chaz, three-gun battle of Alberta, September 12th. One spot available. Okay, who's going to grab that spot? Tell them Slamfire sent you. Can I say something about Ladies' Days? Thank you. Uh, the one that we announced last week for Winnipeg, it sold out in a matter of days. They were really surprised about it, but it's awesome to see women in Manitoba wanting to go and shoot. If anybody has a Ladies' Day that they would like to host, ranchers are starting to get back into the norm. So you can send me an email at their show and I'll, I'll set it you up with respect to sponsorship if uh if you're inquiring about that so just let and us know. you've got like a document that says how to do it and it's got like all the questions answered like uh, if, w whenever you have a question about like i wonder if we should do this or this if you look Check in the document, the document it's probably got the answer <laughs> you've thought about all the things in there makes it very it's like, easy it's like we've done it yeah a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot so yeah anyways let me know Send us an email, and I'll try and help you out. Cool. On to the news. So we have some updates uh, for the listeners of gun clubs and organizations who have contributed to the CCFR Legal Defense Fund. And uh, is that what we're calling it? Legal Defense Fund? No, that's not what we're calling it. It's the Legal Offense. 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 Fund. Yeah. We're going on the Charter offense. Challenge. It's right. the Charter yeah. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. I think so. they're calling it the Legal Fund. I don't know what they're calling it. We will. Uh, I'll look. No, yeah, I won't. Okay. Just yeah. No. CCFR All legal right. thing. The Dryden Rifle and Pistol Club has donated three thousand six hundred ten dollars. Thank you very much, Dryden Rifle and Pistol Club. North Mountain Gun Club two thousand two hundred twenty-seven dollars. Slamfire Radio and its listeners one thousand dollars. So thank you to the Slamfire Radio listeners and Slamfire Radio. Hey, can I ask a question about that? I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> really? Call yeah. me shocked. Go for it. What's your question, Kelly? Well, it's not really a question. It's more like a challenge. I'd like to challenge all of the other <laughs> podcasts. Can I ask a question? The same. But it's not really a question? Statement. It's a statement. It's yeah. a statement. The statement I would is... like to issue a challenge to all the other podcasts. You're welcome. Go for it. Issue your challenge. You just did it Podcast listeners. I listeners say, or I podcasts? I didn't, I didn't Podcasts. Both? Both. 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 Okay. Well, if it's both, that means more money. So. I think cha uh, listeners challenge listeners. Podcasters challenge podcasters. Okay. I'm not cool. doing it. Yeah. I, I just tried to help you with the wording because you were like tripping on your tongue and stuff. So you go ahead. You go ahead and challenge. No, I, I basically said. You didn't I'd... say nothing. You okay. did, I did. Blah, 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 blah. You're going <laughs> to challenge them now or what? I just did, and this you just is, did. No, you didn't actually. You didn't say I'm challenging all the other program podcasts if to you match were, our donation. Of you need to get some gloves. Now I need to set. slap the other podcasts in the face right. to, for it to be a legitimate drop challenge. Yes. yes. Or drop I What I'm doing, it. Kelly, is I'm helping get you in a mental state for your next trap <laughs> session. Is it working? <laughs> not really, because it's not trap. It's ski, Damn. but okay. Whatever. That's even that, sh that should help. Yeah, it's, Can't it's even all get part the name of the game that you're losing at right. <laughs> Trevor. Okay, so yes, Kelly. Shut up. No. So, 
Um, yeah, so Slamfire Radio has donated $1,000. We'd like to challenge all the other podcasts to match or exceed our donation. There's only one problem, Kelly. I don't know if there are any other pro-gun podcasts left in Canada, and if there are, I promise they don't listen Canadian, to us. Canadian Patriot, right? They don't listen to us, so they're uh, never going to hear this channel. Okay, uh, I think that Paul, Paul from Newfoundland, you're watching right now, issue one to him. The, uh, they, they're doing that buys something frog buys show. Well, you know what? They kind of actually already did step up a little bit because it's the next thing that you're going to be reading. They, I think they participated in that too. Well, that's the new that's that's the Newfoundland provincials. I mean, yeah, they were there, weren't they? What does it mean that their podcast donated anything? It uh, means that the match donated money. So, eh. anyways, podcast <laughs> donate some money. There you go. Done. Beat us. All right. Yeah. Shame us. It'd be like those bums over at Slamfire only did a thousand dollars. This is why we're better than you. Pleb, everything's pleb a tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Pleb tier. Uh, okay, so the Ipswich Newfoundland 2020 Provincial Handgun Match in uh, in St. John's at the Rod and Gun Club, they donated $720. So good for them, coughing up some nice. money raised yeah. at the match. Excellent. All right, and um, we have a new sponsor for new gun stuff. This segment is brought to us by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is now a proud ambassador of for Bolt Action. Are we of Bolt Action Coffee or for Bolt Action Coffee? Four. Four. I don't okay. know. I can tomato, tell. tomato, right? I don't think so. We're is now a proud ambassador for of of Bolt Go buy Action some coffee. coffee. Go buy some Bolt Action yeah. Coffee. We've, oh. we've BoltActionCoffee.com. We believe in supporting Canadian companies, especially those who are part of and give back to the farms community. The partnership is one that we felt was a good match because we, we're not reading this every week. No, no, Go we can coffee. shorten it. Yes. Goldactioncoffee.com. And, and, okay. New gun stuff. <laughs> Adriel, take it away. Uh, should I start with the one I was supposed to do last week? The uh, Henry Lever Action X? <laughs> oh, you mean that Dave was so excited about? Yes. Here it is. You guys can't see it. The listeners can't. It's a uh, plastic Henry. So, I mean, Mossberg was doing this. Mossberg was doing the tactical uh, lever actions, and now Henry's doing it too. Mossberg was so much worse, though. Rails yeah, yeah. Foolishness. This is just black with a small piece of Picatinny. I kind of like the that like I kind of like that style too. That's similar nope. to what was on that Winchester like Wildcat, where you, because the Picatinny on plastic, you can put a bipod on. And that leaves your sling stud for your sling, so you don't rip your stupid sling stud off putting a bipod on it. Not that you really need a bipod on a forty-five seventy to begin with. Maybe you could put a flashlight on there or a laser. Is anyone hurting? No? Are Am I hurting sure? anyone's feelings? Yes. <laughs> you are hurting my, my lever action feelings. Mm, good. <sighs> yep. Don't put wood on an air and don't put plastic on a lever action. The rules are simple, people. Not only that, it's got fiber optic rear and front sights, so it's got that three-dot yeah, mess. I prefer just the fiber on the front and black Correct. rears, and yep. three is a bit much. But uh, You want to tell suppose. them how much this abortion costs? Well, it's right in front of them. It's $1,200. Oh, yeah, I guess for audio listeners, it's $1,200, and uh, that's for a forty-five seventy with plastic stock and whatnot on it. So It could be know. your jam. Who am I to judge? Could Trevor Frillot, that yep. too. If you buy it, you're wrong. I'm more excited about this next one. 
Me too. I, I really this like this day. one. The SIG Cross Rifle. Um, so it's like a precision rifle. It's got like a precision stock on it, that kind of thing. A fully adjustable stock. It's a bolt action that kind of looks like one of those tube rifles with the uh, uh, AR style fore and uh, AR style grip. Uh, really lightweight. So for a lot of these precision rifles, they're heavy. Uh, this guy is 6.5 pounds. That is nice because, again, like it would be nice to use like a Ruger Precision or something like that for hunting, but they're mm-hmm. so heavy. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. guy's six and a half pounds is a is a hunting rifle. Do you yep. have a scope on a, that? Good to go. A precision bolt action rifle in a chassis that weighs as much as an AR-15, but isn't 308 or bigger. 308, 65 Creedmoor, or 277 Sig Furry, I think is what it's called. I think that's it does Sig say furries. furries. Yeah, that's for furries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're a furry, that's your caliber. <laughs> they finally, it's, it's about being an inclusive society, and the yes. furries now have their own caliber. I support Correct. this. Yes. Yep. Sig makes it for you. Uh, I, this is this is a really neat rifle. If you if you wanted Where to. Where did Kelly go? Did Kelly rage quit? Uh, uh, I don't know. She's right there. She's there. Oh, oh, is she? Yeah. I don't see her. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, this is a it's a pretty neat little uh, neat little rifle, uh, lightweight. I didn't see the price. Uh, now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. I'm sure sig. it's inexpensive. It's a sig. Ah, two thousand one hundred seventy-five. That's not bad. Like, because the Ruger it's Precision not. is I what fifteen hundred. But like the Ruger Precision has like a plasticky mm-hmm. stock, and there's I think like more than that. But Ruger Precision rifle? Yeah, I've seen them as high as seventeen, eighteen, unless uh, they've come down. But regardless, it's not bad. Um, not bad I've got more than that into my build, and it's not this good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Precision Optics has that. They're a Canadian retailer, so that's uh, that's very neat. And they come in black or camo. They got a camo pattern. That won't work anywhere I hunt, but uh, it's kind of neat anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Black. Black is the new camo. Yeah. All right. What's this next thing from Delask? <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Delask has a bunch of forgings. Uh, so if you want a uh, uh, an AR forging, either upper or lower, uh, they've got them for sale. It's just the forging. They're not milled out or anything like that. They're just a chunk of aluminum. But really neat paperweight. And the bottoms too. Yep, both uppers and lowers. How can you be allowed to buy that if you if you can't buy an eighty percent? I don't know. Uh, it's not an eighty percent. If it's if it's pure, just a slug of, of aluminum that's a forging, it's not an eighty percent. Yeah, that's like a, I don't know what do you call that. Twenty percent, ten percent. You'd have to finish like everything on that. The outside would be fine, but you'd still need to mill out everything inside. You still need to do final finish. Now there's like a 10%. I mean, um, one of the things I saw said, uh, oh, we're not allowed anything up to like a block of aluminum. Uh, so if you follow that line of thinking, this would be banned. But uh, I think it's fine. I think it'll be fine. Mm. Anyways, those are out too. They, they cost how I much? I didn't look at the price. $799. <laughs> Kidding. Forty-five dollars each for the uppers, or four hundred for a ten-pack. If you want a ten-pack of them, oh, uh, that's what it is it's fifty a piece or ten for four fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Mm. Yeah, 
Are you looking at the lowers <laughs> or the uppers? Because the the, the, the lowers. Okay, so the uppers are four uh, forty five dollars each, or four hundred for ten. The last arms does not give instructions, advice, or coaching on how to complete these, so please do not ask. <laughs> Note, these Air 15 lower forgings are in the white and are not a gun. No paperwork or pal is required to purchase them. All local laws should be followed, and it's up to you to find out what those laws are before you complete the lower. Know what the laws are in your jurisdiction to prevent being in violation of the law. It's just a paperweight. Yep. It's just a paperweight. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, let's move into the main topic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the main topic. This week, we have Gray Birch Solution on with us. Uh, one of the um, people that uh, are representing Gray Birch is Steve Huck. Steve, are you the are you the founder or the um yeah. Yeah. okay fantastic. So you're one of the founders for Great Birch Solutions. That's right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh what exactly is Great Birch Solutions and um and with respect to firearms and how'd you get started? Sure, yeah. Thanks so much for uh the opportunity to join you guys. So we're excited to uh to kind of be participating um in the firearms community in Canada. So actually Great Birch started um back in late 2018 uh, into early 2019, uh, but the company was kind of officially created towards the end of 2019. Um, and probably similar to how most companies start, um, we were hobbyists, right? And we still are hobbyists. We, we shoot a lot of rimfire um, with our family and friends. Um, we've had a chance to try out a lot of different products. Um, we've kind of figured out what we like and what we don't like. Um, you know, where there's some gaps in the marketplace. Um, uh, Rimfire attracts us, you know, greatly because not only is it economical, um, but it kind of takes us back to a time that we enjoyed so much in our lives, Um, you know, shooting guns with our dads and grandfathers. uh, And now we do the same with with our young kids. So, uh, you know, Rimfire, in our opinion, is one of the funnest um, and most enjoyable rounds to shoot. So, Um, You know, we have a strong desire to be outdoors and nature, having fun with family and friends, um, which kind of led us down the path of of kind of starting the company. So um, in launching the company, you know, we kind of asked ourselves a few questions. Um, You know, what are the limits, for example, of a semi-auto rimfire rifle? Um, How accurate can we make a semi-auto rimfire rifle? You know, how far can we accurately shoot a semi-auto rimfire rifle? Um, how light and compact can we make a semi-auto rimfire rifle? So you probably see a pattern there. You know, we're really right. interested in semi-auto rimfire rifles. <laughs> um, you know, that's kind of as hobbyists what we've enjoyed, you know, shooting and plinking with the most, which obviously kind of evolved and 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 led us down the path to, to launching the company. But, um, you know, we wanted to focus on, you know, technology, uh, okay. using unique materials, uh, weight reduction, and kind of stretching the performance of the semi-auto rimfire as far as we could take it. Okay. So you founded your own company. You you went out and you bought the factory or did you actually, are, are you making the product in other words? Yeah. So great question. So uh, unlike, you know, most like small businesses that start up, you know, we're self-funding our business. So, you know, we don't have millions of dollars to own a machine shop. So we do utilize you know, uh, partnerships across the greater Toronto area where we decided to invest our money actually is in engineering and inspection equipment. So, um, 
we uh, invested in something called a Kionts IM system. So it's a laser measurement system um, that measures instantly to see CMM tolerances. Um, okay. We invested in a high-end 3D printer, a high-end multi-axis fiber laser, um, and we wanted to focus on inspection and prototyping equipment um, because that's where we believe we're going to see the, the greatest benefit to, to consistently making a solid product. Okay. What is your background? Is your background in machining or is it? No, no, no. Uh, well, I consider myself a professional plinker. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but no, my background is in, in sales. Um, I, I don't have a, a machining background. We obviously utilize experts. Uh, we've got a really bright um, engineer that we work with um, that's got a lot of great experience on the engineering side. He brings a lot of great, um, you know, great uh, ideas from a design perspective. So we, we believe we have the right mix of, of guys at, at Grey Birch to, to kind of develop and design the products. Uh, okay. And obviously utilizing the testing equipment ensures that there's consistency across batches, making sure the product getting out the doors is as good as it can be, you know, be delivered. Okay. So you started in 2018, but when did you actually start delivering product? And we're going to talk about the product that you have available in a minute, but when did you start actually shipping it out? Yeah. So we, we actually took a, a time kind of developing the products and we went through mul multiple iterations. Uh, like I said, we, we highly utilized our, our 3D printer. Um, so we took a better part of 2018 uh, into 2019 um, you know, developing the product. And we actually planned on launching, um, kind of did a soft launch towards 2020. Uh, okay. We had signed up for a couple of trade shows. Uh, we were going to attend EWA in Germany, uh, as well as the Toronto Sportsman Show. And obviously, you know, the whole COVID. Put on hold, right? so, <laughs> Yeah. Um, that kind of derailed our plans a little bit to, from a launch perspective. So we've almost kind of been in soft launch mode ever since. So, um, you know, we are shipping product now. So we started shipping product, you know, earlier on in 2020. We've been shipping product as 2020 has gone along. Uh, obviously, you know, COVID's affected everyone in the world. So, um, um, but we've launched the company product shipping uh, today. Um, okay. Uh, so, Steve, tell me about your product line. What products available uh, right now, and where are you looking to go with it as well? Sure. So, um, what we decided to launch the company uh, with is a couple different models of receiver for the 1022 platform, as well as a couple barrels. So, we've got three models um, to choose from. Um, we've got um, the CLR, which is our classic receiver. Um, and it's basically your kind of your standard run of the mill drop in receiver, you know, comes with an integrated Picatinny rail, um, but it's a pretty basic drop in receiver. Um, we've also got um, what we call our LDR, which is mm -hmm. the long distance ready receiver. So mm -hmm. uh, similar to the CLR, although that comes with an integrated 20 MOA rail on it, um, kind of gives a, a, you know, a little bit of distance, um, you know, availability on the receiver, if, if that's what you know, you're into a little bit of distance and precision. Um, 20 MOA is like pretty reasonable. Like you can, yeah. you can, yeah. most scopes will work with that and still be able to zero at, uh, at short range. Uh, and it'll, it'll add quite a bit to, uh, to most scopes as well. Yeah, exactly what we were thinking. So, um, so yeah, we've got the CLR, the LDR, LDR, and then actually one of the receivers is, is a bit more unique and we're calling it the RDR, which is 
a red dot ready receiver. So I saw that. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty cool little, little receiver. So I don't know about you guys, but my plinking rifle um, has a red dot on it permanently. Right. So I've thrown a, an aim point T2 on my, on my plinking rifle. And that's kind of what I run, which is kind of what led us down the path of creating this RDR receiver. Um, and it kind of allows a red dot to be installed directly to the receiver without, without needing a rail. So we use a similar plating system uh, to a very popular pistol on the market. Um, the receiver comes with uh, three plates that will accommodate majority of the you know most popular red dogs right. on the market. It kind of allows you to get your you know reduce your height over bore and kind of gets that red dot um, you know you know connected to the receiver as close as possible. And that's and kind real of real low. Thing, you know, yeah. 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 yeah, because uh, yeah, even adding that like little half inch or whatever plus your riser on on the red dot, that's really uh, you need a, you need a cheek rest. Uh, yeah. But with this, you might not. You might be able to get away with just running a regular stock, just because of like it that that plate goes in the receiver. It's it's right in there. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, a lot of guys are interested in it. Um, you know, race gun is getting more popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we were trying to design a lightweight, compact, highly maneuverable platform with that one. So, um, I think it, I think it fits the bill nicely. So you have the different receivers, but you also have you also the receiver plate that you were just talking about. You sell, yeah. sell that separately as well. We do. Yeah. So we're going to offer the the three receiver plates separately. I say three, but actually there's a couple more. So we're also making a plate specifically for the acro for the endpoint acro. Okay. Um, and a plate's also coming that'll accommodate the the endpoint T1, T2. So we'll probably at the end of the day have five plates. We might even do a few plates for the SIG optics. Um, but but all of our plates are compatible with that very popular um, pistol platform that I mentioned earlier. So yeah. um, if you've got one of those, our plates will work fine, um, work well, or or they can be used obviously with our our, our RDR receiver. They match with a, a pistol that rhymes with block. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's also talk about your barrels that you have available, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about matching the receiver and the barrel and, and different things like that. Sure. Yep. So um, we've got two barrels available uh, to the market today. Uh, both barrels are 1022 compatible. Um, so we decided to to launch with with carbon fiber options. Uh, barrel number one is is 12 and a half inches in length, um, specifically made for the 1022. And then we also um, launched a 16.1 inch carbon fiber barrel, also for the 1022. Um, that 16.1 barrel will also be available for a couple more platforms uh, in the not too distant future: the Tika T1X, the CZ 455, 457, as well as the Savage 822 B22. Awesome. That's awesome. So, um, carbon wrap fiber, their um, their lifetime of the barrel. What do you think? How many rounds? So, yeah. So, well, I mean, and weight. Yeah, rimfire. You know, rimfire. Um, you know, doesn't you know create the same pressures um, as center fire. Um, yeah. So longevity wise, I mean, we don't know yet what what these barrels will do. To be honest with you, we've got thousands and thousands and thousands around through. Our early okay. barrels with with no signs of wear. Um, you know, we we launched the barrels using you know a four one six stainless steel um, with the carbon fiber. It's a filament wound solid core carbon barrel. You know, we use pre-preg carbon fiber 
um, which kind of ensures the carbon fiber gets an even distribution of resin. Um, this, this process kind of ensures there's uniformity in the curing process, so it's a very consistent uh, barrel. Um, we use a, 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 you know, a standard 22LR chamber, um, not the sporter or the match chamber. Um, okay. It's the bull barrel profile, 116 rifling, um, half inch by 28 thread, also comes with a thread protector. Awesome. Okay. So where are these barrels and receivers available? Are they available uh, at retailers or are you ordering directly from you or? Yeah. So we've got a couple different um, go-to-market uh, avenues. So our web store at www.graybirchsolutions.com will be open for business very, very soon. Actually, hopefully this week might push to next week. So our products will be available directly on our website. Okay. Uh, We've also partnered with MD Charlton in Canada. So if, if there are any dealers out there that are interested in carrying Grey Birch products, um, please reach out to, to MD Charlton. As well as we've kept uh, two house accounts, we call them, uh, in the West Coast, we're working directly with Sylvester Sporting Goods. Yep. Uh, and on the East Coast, we work directly with uh, SFR Ski. Yeah, my, my favorite store. It's right down yeah. the road. <laughs> Well, Sylvester's is a good choice uh, out west <laughs> yeah. here because they have a bunch of Volcourts and stuff, and they've yeah. got a bunch of those kind of uh, parts yeah. out there. So yours would yeah. fit really nicely with uh, with that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've used Volcourtson for for many years. They make a fantastic product for sure. Um, you know, obviously us coming into the market, you know, we're hoping we can you know provide some value with our product as well. But yeah, Volcourtson makes makes fantastic products. All of their products will will be compatible with ours as well, and vice versa. Okay, so let's talk value. What's the price points on these MSRP? And and they are, let's be real, they're a little higher. Um, but why would they choose your barrels over somebody else's or your receivers over somebody else's as well? Sure. So, um, so like I said, I, we're, we've spent a lot of time and money uh, on inspection equipment. So, why we've done that is for this exact reason. So we want to make sure that the products that we ship are consistent from batch to batch. Okay. Right. So how, you know, how um, companies get good reputations is consistency over a long period of time. Right. So we want to make sure that our product is top quality and consistent from batch to batch, which is why we've invested so heavily in, in our inspection equipment. So, Yes, our, our price points um, are not the most inexpensive. They're not the most expensive. Um, yeah. Typically, when we launch a product, we do a lot of research in the market, what's out there. Um, you know, we did a lot of research. Um, who's making rimfire carbon fiber barrels? What are the price points? Where is the value to price ratio, right? If, right. if, if the value is super high and the price is super high, you know, it's probably a pretty good product. Sometimes it's sometimes you deal with the price. Sometimes you don't. If the if the if the value is low and the price is high, it's a, probably a poor combination. If the value is high and the price is reasonable, you've got a really you know nice combination there. So yeah. that's kind of where we've tried to you know target is you know put out a solid product at a reasonable price point, um, and we hope that obviously that uh, you know customers feel the same way. Yeah. Are you trying to actually capture right now? Um, the rimfire market is really, really hot, especially with CRPS, ORPS, the race guns, as you were mentioning. Are you trying to actually capture that market where people are, they won't, they're okay with 
buying something that has a little bit more uh, a little bit more expensive and by the way it's not outrageous pricing but it's it's it as you said it's value pricing and they're going to get a good product for it that's right um you know one of the i guess one of the the ways to look at being a new company into the market is you know we've only we you know we can only go one way and that's up right so uh when you have no market share and you're launching a company um growing your market share is is the trajectory you want to go so absolutely the the precision market um absolutely we love what we're doing with the grassroots and project maple seed and some of you know those organizations um our 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 barrels are are lightweight are accurate and are priced reasonable and we're going to be launching them for a for a couple of different platforms so um you know that's the goal right is is to try to grab some market share um you know some of these platforms that we're launching the barrels for don't have a carbon fiber option at this point so um you know there'll be some value there i think and uh yeah we'll just we'll see what we can do okay why don't we actually talk a little bit more about your product line and what you see for the future and then i actually will like to talk to you a little bit about project maple seed and your sponsorship as well so what like right now you have the barrels and the receivers what's coming up in the future Sure. So I, I think the, the natural evolution, um, you know, now that the, the receivers are kind of finalized out to market, the barrels are out to market. Next phase is we're going to be launching a couple rifle models. So um, we are going to launch two models to start. We're going to put together an RDR rifle model and an LDR rifle model. So the RDR will obviously come with the RDR receiver. It'll come with the three plates. Um, it'll come with a 12 and a half inch carbon barrel. It'll come with a Greybridge bolt, a Greybridge V-block, um, and we're going to package uh, the rifle up in the Magpul X22 stock, as well as with a Timney single-stage trigger. Sweet! Yeah, so that'll be the RDR um, <laughs> model, and the LDR model is, is basically the LDR receiver. It'll come with a 16.1-inch barrel. Yep. It'll come with a Greybridge bolt, Greybridge V-block. That'll also come in the Magpul X22 stock, and that'll come with the Timney two-stage trigger. Okay. Nice stuff. Yeah, that's really nice stuff, actually. It kind of makes sense, right? You got the accessories. You got yeah. you know, the weaver, the barrel, the bolt is right around the corner. It kind of makes sense to, to put a couple rifle packages together um, yeah. and see how it goes. Yeah, uh, it does make sense. And if I was building another rifle, that's kind of what I would put together with it. So we'll talk afterwards. Anyways, um, <laughs> the feedback that I've, I've heard from uh, some people who've already ordered and already delivered they they've got their product delivered to them they think that the barrels have been performing fantastic as well as the receivers so the feedback has been fantastic and, and it's been and it's been um really positive so um that's good to hear now you you did talk about actually helping out or sponsoring it's not helping out it's actually sponsoring project maple seed tell us a little bit about that you get you're starting to give back to the community and it's one of the ways that you can get your product known but tell us about your yeah. partnership with us so we decided very early on that we were not going to put any of our money basically our marketing dollars into any traditional marketing but we wanted to focus on supporting grassroots shooting in Canada. So, um, you know, Project Maple Seed for us was a really easy decision. Um, you know, we got in contact with Rick um, yep. you know, quite a while ago now and, and kind of one thing led to another. Um, and it became very, very clear to us that 
you know, Maple Seed was, was an amazing organization. We loved what we were doing with the grassroots uh, of shooting in Canada. I mean, how critical is it right now um, that these programs exist in today's climate, right? We need to be introducing, you know, young, young people to shooting, just like I was, you know, with my dad and grandfather, just like I'm doing with my young kids. Um, you know, we need to get out there um, and introduce shooters uh, and grow the sport. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I want to be able to shoot in this great country for many, many years. And, and I think investing in the grassroots uh, of shooting is, is a critical step to that. I agree. Uh, it's it's good to know that a Canadian company is also sh- supporting that as well. You guys are a Canadian company. You're here. <laughs> yeah, you're, we are a Canadian company, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's really important. Yeah, so um, thanks for that. Um, but it's also one way that we can actually get your name out there and your product, get, get some yeah, knowledge about your product absolutely. out there. Gonna, Word of mouth. Well, yeah, continue to support the, the program. We're going we're gonna, to you know, donate as much as we can donate to, to prize tables and things like that, support the instructors. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to continue to support and, and, and try to increase that over time for sure. Yeah. And obviously, we're going to try and, and help you out as well with spreading the word, but also buying your product and also letting other people try it as well. So yeah, no, see how fantastic, fantastic it, it is. Um, do you want to actually tell us about how, if people are interested, one, if they want, if they're retailers and they want to um, sell your product, or two, if they actually have questions or get in contact to you and you know, all that social media stuff, you're everywhere. I don't know that. So, yeah, so we've got, we've got, um, you know, Instagram account, uh, Facebook account. Like I said, our, our website has been going through some changes. It'll be ready to go um, with a, with a web store this week. Um, if anyone wants to contact us directly, they can contact us at uh, sales at graybirchsolutions.com. Um, if any dealer is interested in carrying our products, they can reach out to MD Charlton directly or they can reach out to us and we can, we can kind of make the introduction. Awesome. Um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to tell everybody about or? Maybe I'll just quickly touch on um, what's next after the right. Oh yeah. So perfect. Okay. Um, we've talked about the, the accessories. We've talked about kind of the natural evolution uh, into the rifle models. Um, we're actually working on um, a chassis system. So we oh, okay. have uh, the foundation chassis system. system, And this, in our mind, is an evolution uh, from the accessory world into a complete rifle system that we're working on. And when I say rifle system, I don't mean um, the rifles that I just mentioned previously, a ground-up rifle system. Um, so the foundation is a, is a modular micro chassis um, <clears throat> built for gray birch accessories, but also 1022 compatible. Uh, yeah. It's fully modular. Um, it'll be customizable, um, you know, building short, light race gun up to, you know, precision rifle stability. Uh, it'll, it'll have multiple forend models, um, you know, long or short forends. Both uh, forends will be M-Lock and Arca Swiss compatible. Um, there'll be multiple shoulder stock options, everything from a folding shoulder stock pistol brace to adjustable precision stock uh, or a fixed stock. It'll accept, you know, AR style pistol grip. So we're kind of going to be launching three three flavors uh, to start. Um, the minimalist, I guess, is basically just the foundation chassis system itself with no stock or forend. It'll kind of come with a, a rear Picatinny mount, which is kind of like the industry standard mm-hmm. uh, bufferless rifle systems. 
Uh, it'll be compatible, for example, with SIG, you know, SIG stocks and things like that. Um, and then model number two will be kind of like the chassis with the folding shoulder stock with no forend. And then the full system is the chassis with the, the folding shoulder stock and, and a forend. And all of this will kind of be customizable uh, on our website. Um, so, so end users can kind of determine uh, what system they want to put together. So okay. why we kind of evolved to this is obviously we think it's a natural evolution from the accessories to the rifle system, but there's, there's a ton of people out there with lots of spare parts in their bins. <laughs> right? And I know I'm one of them. I, I yeah. could probably build five more guns with my spare parts, right? So, you know, pick up a chassis, throw some of your existing parts in it, and you can build yourself a sweet little package. And, and that's what the foundation will kind of accommodate. Okay, perfect. Cool. When, when do you actually... So you were talking about the rifles when those were, but you didn't tell us when you think those will be available. What about the chassis? When do you see that? So the rifles that I mentioned previously, those will actually be available quite soon. So those will be, you know, we're going to call it Q4 2020. Okay. Uh, we're trying to get those out in the next kind of month and a half to two months. Okay. Uh, the chassis will be actually pretty close to that as well. So we should be launching this chassis within the next couple of months. I'll, I'll, I'm comfortable saying Q4 2020 as well. That's awesome. That's actually a lot faster than I predicted. So I'm going to tease you with one other thing as well. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> we've been working on um, a technology that we kind of codenamed D2. So, um, I mentioned we're working on a kind of a ground up rifle. So semi-auto rimfire is kind of where our interest is, where we want yeah. to specialize in. Uh, and the plan is to launch a rifle system that kind of specialize initially is going to launch uh, on the 17 HMR um, caliber. Um, so we're going to launch a semi-auto 17 HMR, and then we're going to move on to the 17 WSM and 22 Magnum, both in semi-auto configurations. So the technology we're working on, obviously, these, um, you know, these rounds, especially the 17 WSM and 22 Magnum, have inherently been a, you know, fairly dangerous round. I, I know a, a couple other manufacturers have launched rifles that they pulled off the market. So, um, you know, we're working on some, te some technology that um, is going to solve that issue. So um, the 17 WSM is super interesting because yeah. it's just a, it's the same price as 17 HMR. It's got a lot more performance. Yeah. That's a really interesting round. Um, yeah. And there's not very many rifles available for it. There's a Savage B Mag, which is kind of a pile of crap. And there's a couple of other ones out there that are better, but cost a lot more. Like I think Ruger makes one. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's a falling block that uh, Winchester might make, but it's also like $1,000 for a falling block 17 WSM. So, right. yeah. So yeah, so so we're going to continue to to innovate. So I mean, innovation is, is something that you know that we want to we want to pursue, right? So we want to try to mm -hmm. you know solve a few issues on some of these platforms and and hopefully bring a really reliable, safe rifle to the market. So um, so you know we expect to have something ready to to show for March 2021. So um, spring 2021 is is kind of the plan to at least unveil the 17 HMR uh, platform and then we'll move on to the to the other um, to the 17 WSM and 22 Magnum like I mentioned probably later in 2021. That's exciting. Cool. Yep. Yeah. That's we'll see. so yeah, exciting. We'll see. <laughs> We're trying to push, right? We're trying to push the, the semi-auto platform as far as we can take it, right? So yeah. you know bolt action 
uh, ring fire. The bolt action guys are the ones setting distance records and accuracy records. And we're going to continue to ask the question, how far can we take the semi-auto platform? Can we compete with, with the bolt action guys? You know, a similar movement yeah. happened kind of in the 308 market, right? Where, you know, bolt action was kind of the standard and, and they, you know, moved to a semi uh, semi-auto version with the AR-10. So why can't we, you know, take semi-auto as, as, well, as we can? Yeah, that's an interesting question. You, you, you're talking about performance. So you've already been testing this. How far out have you been going with? With which which platform? With your well, with your barrels and your receiver. So your your um, long range. Ten twenty two. Ten twenty two. So in our, in our ten twenty two platform, so we've uh, we've taken it out. You know, four hundred yards, three four hundred yards. Um, we've got we've got customers out there that have taken out three four hundred yards pretty consistently, but mm-hmm. okay. that's that's nothing compared to what you know what we're seeing some of the bolt action guys do. Yeah. Right? You've heard of those one thousand and forty five yard hits, right? So um, we got a bit of ways to go in the semi auto platform. Um, we'll, you know, we're going to be interested uh, in in what our customers can do. We'll definitely be running some contests and things like that for for furthest hits and things like that. We want to try to stretch the platform out as, as far as we can. So, yeah, we're excited for the challenge, and we'll see how it goes in the next mm-hmm. little while. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm super excited about uh, not only the partnership with Project Maple Seed, but also super excited about all those things that you've been talking about and introducing some some new new stuff into the Canadian market. This is really exciting, especially semi-auto. Yeah, that red dot one's yeah. interesting because you could yeah. get like a, one of them really little pistol red dots on there and it would be so inconspicuous. A lot of the like the red dots that you get that go on go onto a rail are kind of big, like big not big compared to an optic but but big uh compared to like no optic and and just running iron sights and uh a pistol red dot would oh boy that would get small that would get i run uh, i run an rmr i run an rmr on my rdr so um as light as you can get as as low profile as you can get it's it's a pretty sweet little little rifle interesting yeah yeah Yeah, super Um, interesting stuff one more quick thing um Um, I mentioned to hit our website. So we're going to be doing some um, offers that will be kind of our web store exclusive offers. So um, we've been working really closely with uh, Sean at Red Tower. Um, who's oh, okay. A, he's a Cerakote um, yep. you know, wizard. And uh, we've been actually kind of working with him to develop our own um, um, <clears throat> camel pattern. So um, what he's actually successfully done is He's one of the first, if not the first, to multi-layer <clears throat> Cerakote over carbon fiber and using carbon mm-hmm. as one of the colors in the camel pattern. So uh, we've got some interesting designs coming out. Some of our um, uh, receivers and barrel combos will be offered on the website with the camel pattern, uh, exclusive on the Grey Birch website. So um, look for that in the very near future as well. That is really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does some great job. Uh, he does a great job. He does, yeah. Yeah, well, coding. All right. Thanks so much again, Steve, for coming on and talking about Great Birch Solutions. Check them out all at their web store. Again, when are you going to be launching the web store, do you think? Web store should be uh, uh, ready to go um, either this week or next. So let's see, by the end of next week, uh, to be safe, we'll be ready to go. Okay. Awesome. So great, greatbirchsolutions.com, right? 
That's it. Yeah, thanks so much for all your support. Thanks for uh, having us this evening just to kind of chat through the company and the products. And uh, we look forward to getting the product out there and hearing everyone's feedback. Thanks again to Gray Birch for coming on. Great job with the interview, Kelly. Listener feedback. I pulled a couple questions out of the Facebook awesome. when they were asking them. Does anyone right. have any experience with the Hollow Sun 507C? I have some experience with the 407. I had about a Dave experience with it, and then I put it in the mail, and I sent it to Captain Andy. It was neat. It's a neat optic. Did you try it out? No. Yeah, yeah. I turned it on. I looked turned at it. Turned it on. Yeah. Oh, I can looked, see. Looked like a little circle. the The, four, yeah, the 407 I, I was... is a uh, hundred bucks cheaper, and instead of a dot, it's an eight MOA circle, which, for what I do, close enough. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I guess you can kind of see through the middle, but not really. And, uh, whereas the 507 has a couple of different settings on it. It's a cheap optic though. It's not like a Trigicon. It's not like, uh, some of the other ones out there. Um, the reason why I got that instead of a Vortex is that the Vortex, uh, lifetime on the battery was not good. And the lifetime on this battery was 50,000 hours, I think. So it'll last for years, whereas that Vortex one, you'd have to change it quite often. I don't really like that idea. I, I prefer the idea of turning on a red dot at the start of the day and uh, running it all day. Cool. What else? Lime. Trevor, do you want to take the next one? Nope. Okay. Let's get that one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, so. Someone com- commented there's a company that makes Ear Pro with pads that are indented for glasses. Um, there are some stick-on ones. Oh, I wish I could think of. I did a video review of them. They go, they work with the Howard Light uh, Sport Impacts. They're like yep. stick-on ones. They've got like a groove on the top for your iPro to get, so your iPro don't sit on your ear. Instead, they sit on the uh, ear pro. But they've got like a groove along the top there, so you maintain your seal with them. And those are those are all right. Those work too. Yeah. Do you remember who they were? No. Uh, I'd have to go on my YouTube channel and look. No, it you. I think it was last year, last summer that you did it. I'm pretty sure. So how far are, would if, I need to find those? If people are looking for, you did a really good review. Like you did a lot of them, so uh, pretty complete on some of those uh, Ear Pro ones. Just because I don't know, like there's not a lot of. Uh, Really good shooting ones out there. You know, one thing, uh, noise noise fighters, gel, gel cups. Noise fighters is what they called. Um, what we should do for a show is iPro. Get, like, real deep on iPro because there's a lot of stuff we could talk about there, too. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Anyways, that's it for Facebook. All right. So let's get into our regular listener feedback, which is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in fire-and-free finishing. He offers hot-blowing, park-rising, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearm accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on Facebook and on the Instagrams. The first one comes to us from Josh V. Hi, guys. I'm wondering, in your opinion, who the big three scope manufacturers are in Canada? Like as in Canadian, or because they would be the same big three as anywhere else in the world because they're the big three. But does he mean specifically a Canadian manufacturer? Do you think there's no Canadian and manufacturers? It, yeah, scopes, there is so. none. But also right. big three or 
Yeah, it depends on what he's trying to do with that too. Who who do you guys buy scopes from? Vortex usually. Vortex, Loophold, and yeah. uh, those are only two that I use. But I mean, uh, what are the big three? I mean, if you if Bushnell's in there, Vortex, yeah. Bushnell, yeah. Uh, Nikon, because not they any produce longer. them. Like, how are we determining if they're big? Because they pump out a lot of volume. So Tasco, I mean, come on. Oh my God. Well, what are, what's the criteria here? Well, for Bushnell's would... lower quality stuff, I would agree with you. Tasco, you throw them in there as well. But Bushnell also has like their uh, uh, Elite right. series, which were like Bosch and Loam before, and they're pretty good. Right. They're but not if you're looking at, But if you're looking at something a little bit more budget, you could look at a Covenant, Cabela's Covenant, which is mm. not bad, which yeah. is a Vortex with a different label on it. Yep. So, 100%. and then... But if you're looking at something like a little bit more precision base, you got oh, all God, sorts you, of stuff to look at. Got, Those wouldn't yeah. be in the top three, though. Top three would no. be Vortex, Bushnell, and Loopold. 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 Yeah, Loopold. Okay. And so also, those are scopes, right? Also, <laughs> scopes can be confusing for new shooters. Is there a resource that you have seen which is designed like a questionnaire to help you choose the right scope based on your shooting habits. Yes, you go to the website and you read the features that each scope provides and the recommendations of what it's used for. Also, um, when you think you found a scope that you like, you go to YouTube and you look for a review on it. Uh, but like the the problem with optics are like you get so many numpties that just don't know. Like oh, there's mean, yeah, too many you people. Can, you can wade through it, man. Uh, oftentimes, manufacturers have their own reviews. They have their own videos. Uh, I would rather watch a, a manufacturer review than some guy reviewing us. Like the the problem is that yep. YouTube's got too many people who have like a scope that they only own one scope. Oh, I get it, man. And they do a review it. of it, and they yeah. don't know anything. But Vortex has its own channel. So I would they, watch they, a Vortex video. Yep. Yeah. Lastly, when should you switch from a scope to a red dot? When should you switch from a car to a truck? One, a car does a car thing, yeah. and a truck does a truck thing. You don't switch from one to the other. It's it's not how it works. Um, is it based on caliber or distance? Well, yeah. kind of. So, like yes. for for yeah. three gun, would you run a, a red dot or a scope? It would I depend would run on a red distance. dot on my pistol and a scope on my rifle. I've I would depend. This. It would depend it on, on the max di- distance. If distance, you're shooting yeah. 200 and in, okay. you don't need that scope on your rifle. It's a hindrance. A red oh, dot on your rifle gosh. for 200 and in would be better. Okay, so here's my take on it, and it's my take, and I'll explain the rationale. I use a variable power scope that goes from one to eight with an illuminated red dot. So on one power or illuminated reticle. On one power, it functions as a red dot. I just put the red over the target and make mm-hmm. it go away. If I need to shoot out to distance, I dial up some magnification, I shoot up to distance. With a red dot, it's a one-trick pony. You can shoot distance with a red dot, yes, but nowhere near as accurately as you can with a yeah, scope. Yeah. And you and don't have any eye relief to worry about at all. So if you're underneath a when truck... When your scope is at one power, you don't have to worry about eye relief either. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you can't uh, have you have to have your cheek at the right at the same yeah. spot. Well, so if you're underneath your the belongs. Yes, put your cheek where it belongs, but today. until you're like under a truck or over a railing and you're trying to make a, okay, a shot well, talking, that's like Oh yeah, but that's that's the one off. Like you're not going to pick your equipment based on that one time you may be shooting under a truck. That's why I shoot a red dot. <laughs> 
so I don't have to worry about my equipment ever. I just run because I was I was running tac ops before. I was running a, yeah. a scope on my rifle, but so, I found that like I, unless I needed like super something super pre- uh, precise, which I don't you, for three gun, the red dot is more like a truck, more like a pickup you do truck. You. You do you. You have your reasons why you choose a red dot overall. I have reasons why I choose a scope with an illuminated reticle. Yeah. And now Josh has heard both of those from us. (laughs) He's got both viewpoints. I I have seen a twenty-two, for instance, with a red dot, and I have also seen a similar twenty-two with a multi-thousand dollar scope. When they're using those twenty-two, same twenty-two, the optic is determining what it's being used for. The guy with the $1,000 scope is not shooting the same distance as the guy with the red dot and vice versa. He's probably shooting at those precision series. Yeah, long distance, yeah. Long Just wondering your thoughts. The scenario I'm currently working through is a Ruger PC-9 carbine shooting targets at three, 30 meters, 50 meters, 30, 50, 100, and 150 yards. Scope or red dot? At 150, oh. you got a bit of drop with a 9mm. So a scope with some holdovers may be an advantage there. Mm-hmm. A lot of drop at 150 meters yeah. with a 9mm. What's the drop? Like I, I, a drop at 100, I can I can like eyeball. Um, what's it? What's the drop at 150 for a 9mm? I don't even I know. Don't know. Foot? I can't say for sure, but anything mm-hmm. past 100, I'm using a scope. Especially with a nine millimeter. If the PC nine is accurate, maybe a scope. But the PC nines I've shot haven't been have accurate been. enough to justify a scope, and I would rather run a red dot on it because YOLO. I mean, it's 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 you're you're not going to get the accuracy on it anyways. You're going to get those crosshairs perfectly on target. Pull that and trigger, still shoot four inches, and it's still going to yeah. it's still going to miss. So you might as well just get a red dot and just just send it at, at the target and not worry about it. I don't know go. what he's... He says he's shooting at 30, 50, 100, 150. I don't know what he's shooting, but does it really matter? No, could be no could be a PCC match could, uh, for a three-gun, because we we would do that kind of thing. We're in Ontario. He's in Ontario. Do you guys have PCC matches where you guys shoot Not long really. range? Not really. No. So, uh, just to go back. Back it up just a bit. Uh, a couple of people that are on our feed said that Tangent is a Canadian... Uh, company and also Zeiss, Zeus, Zeiss, Zeiss, yeah, Zeiss. I think he so. made. But Zeiss, Zeiss makes lenses. That's their yeah. primary thing. Uh, I've never heard of Tangent Theta. Are they? Yeah. Man, are they, are they oh, a manufacturer? Yes. Or are they a distributor? Tangent Theta said based in Halifax. I don't know. Anyways. But they're Andrew. not the top three, so we 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 answered the question top three. Yeah, well, he's a yeah. big three, and I don't know what big means. Mm. From Aaron, Adriel, you want to take Aaron's? Yeah, one second. Let me get back down there. From Aaron, I've been catching up on my slam fire, and some weeks ago you went on to the topic of bolt action shotguns. So I figured I'd share my own experience. Two years ago, I found my grandfather's Stevens. 124C bolt action 12 gauge in my parents' attic. I remember this gun from my childhood when it, where it hung on a gun rack in a spare room until I was about 12 years old. I admit that my brother and I would often play with it when we were kids uh, in that uh, in what is a distinctly irresponsible way. 
but no live ammo anywhere in the house. I guess the most injury we risked was being cut by the sharp edges or dropping it on our toes. Uh, It made made its way up to the attic when the room was renovated and sat there for about 20 years. Uh, I remembered it two years ago over the Christmas holidays. So I pulled it out of the attic and found it covered in light rust with the trigger somehow full of sawdust. With the addition of a trigger lock, brought it back to my shop and gave it a thorough cleaning. Thankfully, I was able to find some takedown instructions because there were several gotchas. Uh, Where am I right now? Sorry, I just moved it. Like having to line up the firing pin while sliding the bolt into place during reassembly when the firing pin is supported by the bolt itself, made inaccessible (laughs) by the inserted bolt, but the only way to line it up being to turn the gun barrel down, wiggle at everything, and poke at it with a long rod through the barrel. There was much swearing. (laughs) (laughs) Several hours of cleaning it with gentle wire brushing, running a bore brush up and down the barrel on a drill, and a lot of rem oil and brake cleaner, and it came out fairly well. Taking this thing out to the range, I can't see how it could ever have been a practical firearm. Two or three in the magazine and one in the chamber. But that follow-up shot means unshouldering the gun, working the bolt, remounting, and pointing. By then, whatever you're shooting at must have run or flown away. Still, need to put the, some slugs down range. It must say it's satisfying to work the bolt. I've shot a few rounds of trap with it. It's heavy, but it breaks clays. The C in the 124C means choke, and I think it me- it measures similar to modified. I've even tried five stand and was pleasantly surprised with some practice. Shots on report were actually achievable. It's oh, okay. a big mental load to pull the charging handle, cycle the bolt, push the charging handle, remount the gun, find your aim, and fire. But doable. Still, I can't say it's a practical shotgun for anything other than a single shot by any means. Thought you might like the story, and I've attached a few pictures of the thing. Love the show. Thanks. My yeah. least favorite firearms to work on when they come into the shop. There's Why do people fire. bring them into the shop? Like, aren't bolt-action shotguns like the value on them so low it's not even worth doing things with them well when it's the only gun you have and you need to get it repaired you get it repaired or it's a family heirloom or what have you yeah i mean those cincinnati like break action things are like a hundred some bucks i would rather one run one of those because at least it's lightweight and uh small and compact well Yep, it's lightweight, so it kicks like a mule. It doesn't have a long barrel, so, you know, the fuds don't think you're going to hit anything because the barrel's too short. <laughs> so, Some of them. Yep. yeah. 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 Cool. I was in looking yep. at the pictures. Awesome. All right. If you would like to email the show, you can do so by sending it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We have a new Patreon this week. Uh, Richard D., he is signed up as a patreoni for five bucks thank you so much it helps keep the lights on and uh, keep us in equipment etc and so on patreon supporters um, will receive a patch in the mail if you've not uh, received yours in a month of signing up please let us know anyone who's interested in becoming a patreon can go to patreon.com forward slash slam radio uh, you can also support the show by visiting our website and clicking on our affiliate link for Cabela's. So if you're going to go to Cabela's and purchase something, just go there through us, and that will also help show support for the show. 
shout outs. I have some shout outs. Justin, the match director, put on another great match. Ben and Joel designed some of the stages for the match. Um, as far as I know, I, for Ben, it's the first time he designed Ipsic. Well, I'm not going to assume. As far as I know, it's the first time Ben and Joel designed stages, and they were really good stages. Um, and uh, there was a lot of new ROs that were getting their uh, first uh, mentored points during this match. So Ben was ROing for the first time during this match, and it was uh, nice to see. He had a lot of things to balance, and he was remembering to take his gun on and the commands and trying to manage a walkthrough and stage planning and shoot the match and arrow. And, you know, he realized it's a lot to do, um, but he, he pulled it off and he did really good for his first time out. No mistakes were made that I'm aware of. So good job. I hope you keep it up. I think you're going to be a great arrow. Adriel. Yeah. Just to the ladies day volunteers, like as soon as we got the crush of uh, people coming in and uh, RSVPing, uh, we put out another call for volunteers and a whole bunch of people were like, oh yeah, I got nothing to go on this weekend. So we got uh, a, a mitt full of uh, more volunteers and uh, we needed them. <laughs> we needed them to get through that day and I uh, just want to say thanks for coming out and making sure that uh, we we're well supported. Sweet. Kelly. I do have a shout out. I wanted to say uh, thank you very much to Steve for joining us and supporting Project Maple Seed and Shooters here in Canada. So Steve is our, the um, gentleman, the founder for um, Great Birch Solutions. Nice. Cool. Yeah. All right. Please join uh, a National Firearms Association, such as the CCFR. Go over and check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We are up to. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. We're up to 2,707. Kelly is picking up my slack yet again and updating all the sections of the show notes, which I really appreciate. And uh, you also may want to consider reaching out to your city councillor because, of course, municipal handgun bans is something that's being considered. So find out where your councillor's heads are at and uh, maybe set their heads straight. Until next week, everybody, I'm Ron Burgundy. Oh. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.